You don't need to respond. If the enemy accuses you and tells you that, that, that you're not loved by God, if the enemy accuses you and tells you that um, you're not going to be able to pay your bills on time, if the enemy accuses you and tells you that you're going to lose your son or daughter to a sickness or a disease, if the enemy tells you that you don't have a future, that you don't have a hope, you do not need to answer him. And by not answering him, what you're saying is very loud. You're doing two things at once. By staying quiet, you do two things at once. You're saying, God, number one, I trust you. And number two, you're showing the enemy that, that, that his voice doesn't have a place in your heart. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Braveheart Podcast. I'm really excited to be with you. We are going to hop into uh, the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 36. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. Um, just to give you a little context, um, Hezekiah, uh, King Hezekiah, um, is here and he's about to be attacked by a foreign king. And so we are going to hop in the story um, right where the, the foreign king begins to uh, basically threaten uh, Hezekiah and the people of Judah. Um, and, and they're all shut up in their walls. And so there's this amazing story that I want to read. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to dive in. Uh, I believe that God's going to speak to you. Um, Isaiah chapter 36, verse 13 says this, then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat his own vine and each one of his, of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land a land of bread and vineyards. Verse 18, Beware, lest Hezekiah mislead you by saying, The Lord will deliver us. Watch this. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his, his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvim? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand. Verse 21, But they were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Ahaf, Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, equip us today, uh, God, to withstand the schemes and the flaming darts of the enemy. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. So I've personally been reading through the book of Isaiah. Uh, I've been gleaning a lot from it. There's so many amazing uh, just promises uh, and, and really uh, verses in Isaiah that, that I think we quote a lot that we know. Um, but but these, these chapters are just so rich uh, with understanding. One thing that's been hitting my heart a lot uh, as I've been reading is just how, um, how much pride uh, was at work in the nations of old and how God really warred against pride. And, and He constantly would prophesy through Isaiah and He would say, man, I'm going to tear down the pride uh, and the pompous arrogance of these nations. And, and, and that's been very sobering, very humbling uh, to me. And so I, I came across this in uh, chapter 36. It's a story that, that many of you may know, some of you may not, um, but it's a profound story because I believe that in this uh, story, it really highlights um, and illuminates how the devil speaks to us. Um, many of us get accused by the enemy, we get accused by Satan, and we don't know how to respond to him, we don't know how to deal with the lies of the enemy. And so I want to highlight a few things um, number one, when the enemy speaks to us, um, it is always very, um, it, it attempts to be the final word. What do I mean by that? So one of the ways that I know when the enemy is speaking to me is when it feels hopeless, it feels like there's not another way out. Like it could be a financial situation, it could be a relationship issue. And, and what the enemy does is the enemy will accurately point to his track record. So notice this. Notice what the, the Rabshakeh does is he begins to highlight the victories of his past. So he says, I've laid waste this city. I've laid waste that city. Have any of those gods been able to rescue uh, them from the, the hand of Sennacherib? Uh, the king of Assyria, this great king. He's, he's trying to make himself big. He's trying to puff himself up against God. He's trying to say, hey, listen, I know you say you trust in the Lord, but none of these other gods, uh, in quotation, small g, have been able to save their people out of my hand. And so what is he doing? He's trying to puff himself up. He's trying to establish his own authority by pointing to the victories that he's won. And and this is amazing because um, many of us are familiar. The spirit of fear works this way. We think, well, man, so-and-so had this tragic thing happen to them. It could happen to me. See, the, devil, the devil's not creative. He uses the same lies. He uses the same tactics over and over and again. And what I felt in prayer is I really wanted to equip you as we continue in the gospel, as we continue uh, to behold Jesus as our Messiah, high priest, and bridegroom, you have to be equipped to stand against the voice of the enemy. Um, and, I, and I liken it to this. Um, if I were to say knock-knock, 99, 9 out of 10 times people would say, who's there? Knock-knock, who's there? We, we feel this responsibility that if someone says knock-knock, you got to say who's there, right? And I think many Christians are this way with the devil. The devil says knock-knock, and we say Who's there? And, and King Hezekiah's instructions to the people uh, of Jerusalem were, was so amazing, so wise, so from God. Why? Look at what it says in verse 21 of Isaiah 36. 
So the enemy gives them this whole threat, this whole, this is what's going to happen. We're going to destroy you. You can't, you know, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. God's not going to save you. And look at what it says. But they were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, do not answer him. There is so much wisdom and authority and power in this instruction. And I, and I hope you can get this. Um, you are not obligated to respond to the accusation of the enemy. And this is where I find so many believers get tripped up is because they feel the need to respond. And here's the danger with it. As soon as you respond to the accusations in the voice of the enemy, he has won. He's got you. Why? Because the enemy always sets the stage on his terms and he, he frames the conversation on his terms. So as soon as you start to engage with the enemy in conversation, some of you, you try to quote the word back at him, you try to rebuke him, and, and you're actually doing those things because you don't trust God. Now, let me unpack that thought because that seems pretty heavy and pretty harsh, um, but I've seen it a lot. We prove that we don't trust God in His protection, in His name, in His saving power when we take our salvation and our protection into our own hands. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, you know, again, without, without having a specific scenario, we've all maybe met those people where they're faced with a, with a, uh, a difficult situation and you see that they're, they're approaching it through prayer, through quoting the scripture, but there's an anxious and fearful spirit about which they're operating. You can sense it. You can perceive it. You can feel it. You're like, man, that person is saying all the right scriptures. They're, they're, they're quoting all the right verses. They're, they're, they seem to believe in all the right things, but their heart is rest. Their heart is not at peace. Um, there's another scripture I'd like to read to you. Um, let me see if I can find it here. It's just earlier in Isaiah. I hope I can find it. I've been reading a lot of Isaiah. It basically talks about the one who believes. Here it is. Yep. Here it is. Whoever believes, uh, Isaiah 28, verse 16. Um, it talks about the cornerstone, the precious cornerstone. I'm going to read this for you. Isaiah uh, 28, 16. Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, right? Now look at what it says after this. We love singing cornerstone, but look what he says. Whoever believes will not be in haste. It's an interesting phrase. Whoever believes will not be in haste. What's he saying? He won't be in a hurry. He won't be rushed. He won't be frantic. He won't be panicked. He won't be just trying to quote scriptures and pray the thing away. Why? Because his life is built on the cornerstone. His life is established on the rock. And, and this leads me to speak to something that has been on my heart for a while, and I haven't known how to say it or when to say it, but I feel like it's, it's now. Um, if you read through the Psalms, you read through the Scriptures, 
Um, you'll find this phrase a lot, that the Lord is a rock, he's a refuge. The name of the Lord is a refuge, a strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. There's this, this description of God being a dwelling place, a place for the people of God to hide. Okay, I said the word hide, to, to take shelter, to take refuge. And, and what's, uh, you know, we've, we're in 2021 right now. We just lived through 2020. There's been so many things that have happened over the last two years. And one of the things I've noticed, and bear with me as I try to articulate this, but one of the things I've noticed with believers and even in my own heart is sometimes I feel like we feel the need to have an answer for everything. To, that, that we always need to be on offense, that if we're not on offense, you know, um, we're losing ground. And, and I think there's this biblical concept, though, um, in this idea that, that, that God, His name is a refuge, is a sanctuary, is a strong tower. There is a time to just simply hide away in God. There is an appropriate time where where the best thing you can do is not to quote the scriptures, you know, to try to take ground, to try to push the enemy back. Like, man, when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's like you can find your safe place in his name, in his nature. And you can literally hide away in God until the storm passes by. And then you can come out and begin to uh, continue the kingdom work that God's called you to. And this sounds really weird. It sounds like a like an admission of defeat. But I do believe that there are times when God calls us as believers to simply hide in Him, to take refuge in Him, to, to stop what we're doing, to not feel the need to, you know, conquer another mountain or give an answer. Like, like I don't know if you felt this, but there's almost like this insatiable desire in believers to try to describe and explain everything that's happened. Well, explain coronavirus, explain racism, explain the political unrest, explain where we're at with, with eschatology. Like there's this demand from the enemy to respond and explain to everything and to try to build a case. And I love this story in, in, in Isaiah because it really gives precedent for us that when you're getting accused by the devil and you're getting attacked on every side, Here's, here's, I believe, God's wisdom for you. Do not answer Him. Do not respond to Him. Do not, do not just be quiet. The Proverbs say, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. I'm going to say that again. So, even a fool is perceived as wise if he keeps quiet. As soon as you respond to the accusation of the enemy... You give up your ground in the Lord. And, and, if, you, and if you continue to read this story, um, it's amazing. Hezekiah takes this accusation in this, this letter that was read, and he spreads it before God, and he says, God, you got to help. You see these threats. You see these accusations. And, and Hezekiah goes to the Lord in prayer with the accusations of the enemy. And if you've read the story, um, it's one of the most amazing and profound uh, testimonies of just deliverance, straight deliverance. Like verse 36 of Isaiah uh, 37 says this, And then the angel of the Lord went out 
and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. So they didn't respond. They didn't, they didn't, you know, start quoting scriptures. They simply said, okay, God, the enemy has threatened me this way. What are you going to do about it? I trust you. Help. And, and God responds in power by sending forth his angel and struck down 185,000. And it was a complete and utter victory. And literally, Hezekiah and the people didn't lift a finger. Now, let me, let me say this, I, and I believe this may be a reach, but I believe if Hezekiah and the people of Israel had mounted up in their own strength and said, okay, let's go to war, they would have been defeated. They would have been defeated by the enemy and then said, well, why didn't God save us? Well, God didn't save you because you, you decided to take the matter into your own hands and, and to try to respond in your own strength instead of rely upon the Lord. And so you can apply that. Uh, any number of ways to your life. And I, and I pray that as I'm sharing this, the Lord is speaking to, to you in your own way. Um, because I know that those of you listening, there are real things happening in your marriage. There's real things happening um, in your finances, uh, with your future, in your church. I even feel in my heart right now as I'm speaking, uh, some of you are going through painful things in your church, whether there's been moral failures, uh, whether there's been uh, just things that have really caused you to question uh, whether you can continue to entrust yourself to the, the house of God because of the imperfections in your leadership and you're hearing the accusation of the enemy against them. Um, I just want to caution you. I want to exhort you. I want to challenge you. Please do not respond to the enemy. Do not answer him. There is a heavenly perspective available to you if you'll simply get alone with God, get quiet before the Lord. I'm not asking you to ignore your circumstances. I'm not asking you to ignore what's happened or to pretend like it didn't happen. I'm telling you not to respond to the voice of the enemy. You don't need to respond. If the enemy accuses you and tells you that, that, that you're not loved by God, if the enemy accuses you and tells you that um, you're not going to be able to pay your bills on time. If the enemy accuses you and tells you that you're going to lose your son or daughter to a sickness or a disease, if the enemy tells you that you don't have a future, that you don't have a hope, you do not need to answer him. And by not answering him, what you're saying is very loud. You're doing two things at once. By staying quiet, you do two things at once. You're saying, God, number one, I trust you. And number two, you're showing the enemy that, that, that His voice doesn't have a place in your heart, that you're not going to respond. You're not going to move off of the cornerstone and off of the rock from which you've been you know, uh, hewn. And so uh, I just want to pray for you because I, I really feel in my heart, uh, many of you, you're being accused, you're being attacked by the enemy, the voice of the enemy. And I just want to pray, and I, and I believe that, that God wants to equip you to respond um, this is how to respond to the enemy. Do not answer him. Knock, knock. And you don't have to say who's there. You can just know, you know what? That's the enemy that comes with fear, that comes with death, that comes with anxiety, comes with panic, comes with distrust, comes with control, all the things um, that are not your inheritance. And so if you'll just close your eyes with me, uh, unless you're driving or doing something where you shouldn't be closing your eyes, uh, I want to pray for you. And I want to give you a picture um, 
The name of Jesus and the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it and are safe. And so, Father, I thank you right now for Jesus Christ, who is our precious cornerstone. He is a, he is a stone that has been tested and he has been tried. And Jesus, your name and who you are and what you've done for us as the Lamb of God who's taken away our sins, who's opened up a new and living way for us to come into the presence of God, who, whoever lives to make intercession, who's seated at the right hand of the Father, and who is one day coming back to marry a pure and spotless bride. Jesus, your name and your nature is our rock. God, and I pray for those right now who, are, who feel tossed and blown about in every wind and every, every storm, every, uh, just every accusation, every flaming dart of the enemy. God, and I pray that you would strengthen their faith right now, that they would lift that shield of faith, God, and that they would know that they don't have to move off of this ground that you have placed them on, that it is solid, steady, ground, that the covenant that they have with you is enough. God, you are their defender. You are their protector. You are their rock. You are their refuge. I just, I just speak a stillness to the storm inside. And where the enemy has gotten in and anxiety in, in your hearts, I just see so many souls, the water of your heart has been troubled by the enemy. I speak peace, be still to your mind, to your heart, to your emotions, in Jesus' name. Lord, and I pray that you would give them the grace and the strength to not respond and answer when the enemy comes knocking. Knock, knock. There would be no who's there. God, and that, that, that as they listen, even now, that your Holy Spirit would come and you would bring peace, and you would bring you would bring your love, that you'd bring your kingdom and your perspective into this situation that's seeking to plague them. Lord, we love you. We trust you. Give us wisdom to know when to hide away in your name. God, when to just curl up in you and to wait for the storm to pass on by. Lord, thank you that we are more than overcomers, more than conquerors. But Lord, we also thank you that we have a safe place. We have a place in you and in your name that we can hide away, Lord. And so I bless these people, Lord. I bless your precious sons and daughters to know the love of God and to know the peace of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.